welcome to the Heavy Pages podcast, a space for women struggling with an unwanted separation or divorce. I'm Josie, your host, a separation survival coach, creator of the From Devastated to Divorce program, a mother of two, and a survivor of my own unwanted separation and divorce. My mission is to help you avoid some of the pitfalls that extended my journey of growth and healing and to provide you with tips and tools that will help get you to a place of acceptance and empowerment. Because sometimes the pages of life can be heavy, but you don't have to turn them alone. Hello and welcome to our first ever chapter checkup session. This week, we're speaking with Soraja, who will be sharing some of her experience living through the chapters of the From Devastated to Divorce Guide. If you'd like to know more about the five chapters, then take a listen to episode 25 from season three. And to see where you might be in your journey, I have a free chapter checklist that you can download. Just visit bit.ly forward slash chapter underscore checklist. Don't worry, the link will be in the show notes. And with that, let's have this chat with Soraj. Welcome, Soraya. Hi. Is this your first ever time uh, being on a podcast? It is, actually. Wow, very exciting. <laughs> it can be a little nerve-wracking. Trust me, I know. <laughs> so, um, you reached out to me because you had checked out the Heavy Pages um, episode on uh, the series that I created for From Devastated to Divorced. And you took a listen to that, correct? Yes, I did. Excellent. And so, obviously, you're going through a separation? Yeah, um, we've been separated for a little bit over a year. So we're like in the very beginning stages of the divorce process. Okay. And how long were you married? For four years. Four years. And how long were you dating? So we dated, uh, we were together a total of seven years. Okay. Um, all together, okay. yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Any kids? No kids, just a dog. <laughs> okay. Well, honestly, that makes, even though you could fight over the pet, but that will make things a whole lot easier. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You can imagine how much harder uh, it would be having to, you know, split sharing a child with this person. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you dodged a bullet there. Thank goodness. Um, so, okay. Married four years and now separated about a year. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, um, what of the, um, guide, which chapter of the guide do you feel like you are dealing with right now? I think that I, I'm still a little bit in the blindsided chapter only because I was like really blindsided, you know, um, I had just taken the California bar and, uh, oh, yeah. And so Thank you. Thank you. And so, you know, I was expecting, you know, we've had problems in the past, but nothing that, you know, we couldn't work through. And so to find out that it was just this like, nope, I don't love you anymore was like, wait, what? You know, my entire life changed. And uh, so I'm still stuck in that, uh, mostly because I have so many unanswered questions, you know? Right, right. Okay. So um, you worked, he worked? Yeah. So, um, we, yeah, we, I mean, we were just such a great, we were a great team together for this specific reason. Um, we are both in recovery, uh, from substance abuse. I have 10 years. He'll have nine years in December. 
Um, and so that's kind of been the basis of our, our careers and just everything that we do is surrounded, you know, with helping other people who are suffering from addiction. It's one of the things that really motivated me to go to law school. Um, and so I went to law school in San Francisco. We split time back and forth, um, you know, and it was tough. But, you know, he used to say this, like, what's three years for the rest of our lives? You know, because we just knew we were going to put this on the back burner. Whatever problems there were, they'd be there when we were done and we could work on them together then. So, um, you know, I didn't work while I was in law school. I was studying full time. Um, literally like a week after I took the bar, he just came down one day and just said, you know, I don't love you anymore. I want to separate. And, uh, you know, at that point, um, he had started his business. He has a treatment center, um, a few locations in Southern California and in Georgia. And, uh, you know, so that was, that business was doing really well. Um, you know, and it turns out he ended up having an affair with one of his employees. It was just a whole thing. And so, wow. Yeah. Okay. So let's, um, let's just step back to the, the, the chapter one, which is a blissfully unaware or subconsciously aware. So do you feel that you were blissfully unaware? There wasn't really anything really that, that stood out to you that showed you that there was issues so that's an interesting question. That's an interesting question because I am an overthinker by nature. And so, you know, one of our bigger issues in our marriage was his lying. You know, he would lie about all sorts of things and just a lot of trust issues. Um, and so I had always, you know, I told him, you know, I really want to learn to trust you again. It's not my nature to be, you know, to give somebody a second chance like that, but I want to work through this. And so, um, you know, that was, that was really like the first issue, probably the only issue that I would say was present. I had found out about some serious lying, um, and not even that big a deal to divorce over, but lying where it's like, okay, I'm your partner. Like we, we need to be able to trust each other. And then I went to law school immediately after. So that was kind of the issue that was put on the back burner. And I'll be the first to say, I may not have handled that well. I was very um, antagonistic and, and reactive and things like that. Um, so to say, to be blissfully unaware, I would say no, because I knew that we had that issue, sure. but to the degree that he had internalized it, like there's no fixing this. I don't want to fix this. I'm going to go outside of the marriage. I was completely unaware. Okay. Okay. So it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like it wasn't that you were um, subconsciously aware and kind of like saying, I, you know, I'm not going to worry about that. I'm not going to worry about that. I'm just going to just ignore it. It just wasn't the things were we not planned enough. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, it's the same old line mostly, you know, I love you, but I don't love you that way or I don't love you anymore or, you know, it's, yeah, they seem to like read it out of a book. I don't know. They almost all say the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I feel you on that because, you know, uh, that was kind of how it happened for me. I, you know, we were we had postponed the conversation of having a second child and we were going to have the conversation. Uh, it was the date of the conversation of the second child. And instead of wanting to move forward, it was, you know, I love you, but I don't love you that way anymore. And I need a break. Like, it's like, wow, you know, five minutes ago, we're talking about a second baby and you're doing this. It's so it's, yeah, it's a, a bit crazy. So, okay. Blindsided. Uh, I get you. And then during that stage, did you want to try and fix things? Obviously, did you try and, um, I saw that you mentioned that he said we can try and fix this. 
Was that what he was trying to say or, you know, how to string you along or how do you feel about that? Right. So originally when we first separated, that was he, so he had come downstairs and told me, I don't love you anymore. I want to separate. That was August 13th, 2021. And, uh, he, wanted to get into therapy and wanted to, you know, work on it and all this stuff. And I, I, the first thing I said to him was, if there's somebody else, tell me now so that I could walk away with my dignity intact, because if not, I'm going to fight for this marriage. Absolutely. There's nobody else. There's nobody else. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so we had gone to therapy, um, which he was, he just wasn't cooperative. He didn't, you know, he didn't give anything in our therapy sessions. He would sit there, look at his watch. Like he, it was such an inconvenience. So it was really just a show for him. Just like, look, I tried. Um, and then, you know, I eventually on October 31st, actually, that was when we stopped going to therapy. That was the last session. Um, for him, I kept going for a little bit longer in hopes that he would show up. Um, and, you know, I had been in individual therapy as well, trying to work on, you know, whatever, because during that time, you know, I call it emotional terrorism. I don't know if there's like a term for that, but he was like trying to convince me that it was my fault, that I was so unbearable and so mean and so rageful. Um, and then I saw on Instagram, this picture of him and this girl. And I was like, Oh my God. And let me tell you this girl, like, she has a history of doing this. You know, this is the third boss that she's done this with the third married man. She does this a lot, you know? And so I was like, Oh, I get it. Okay. Um, but even then I still tried, right. You know, I tried for 10 months after that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like the term maybe is gaslighting. Like he kept trying to make it sound like it's your fault and turn it back on you. And you're just, you know, it's all you. So when you found out that he was with somebody else, you've had that conversation. Like, I know what's going on. Did he deny it? Yeah. So I texted him and I said, is there something going on when, with you and Danielle? That's the girl. Um, and he didn't text me back, but he called me and I was like, ah, and he <laughs> raced home. He was with her at the time. He raced home and, uh, you know, he, um, Oh, it just started blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. And you know, this girl is like, she puts on this front that she's this like super religious girl and is all about Jesus. And I just texted her and I said, God will not send you a man in the form of somebody else's husband ever. That's absolutely right. Yeah. And so, you know, he, till this day, he shows very little remorse. Um, he, every time I say that, like you had an affair, he's like, it's not an affair. Like, no, I didn't, you know, like, because he eventually told me he didn't want it. You know, I don't know how long it happened for. I don't know. Um, you know, I don't really have any answers because he won't tell me, you know, he gets mad when I want to talk about it. Um, and the thing is, is like, I know what it's like to not have your needs met. So I was willing to work on it because I'm not so naive to think that I was the perfect wife, you know? And I have my set of flaws, you know, but I was willing to work on that, you know, and I just, I needed, and I would even make excuses for him. Like, okay, well maybe he doesn't realize like what he's doing, you know, like maybe he's young, he's 29, maybe, you know, all this stuff. And, and it's because I loved him. 
of you know, course, this was my, course. my best friend for the, my whole life. I, I, I wanted this forever. And so I spent a lot of time rationalizing the choices he made, um, and dissecting every single action I ever had in that marriage, because if it was my fault, I was going to fix it, you know? And I think that, and for, and you know, and I, and I want, I always wonder if people can relate to this because when you tell somebody it's your fault, it implies that there's an opportunity to rectify that. And so that's what I did. I went to therapy. I dissected my behavior, why I was this way. I did trauma work, all this stuff. And I had to really accept that it was never really about me. You know, he just didn't want to show up in a way that he promised me he would. And, you know, um, I'm grateful for the opportunity to have worked on myself so much because I wouldn't have done it if I wasn't forced to. Right. Yeah. Well, that, that makes sense. And something that I learned in, when I was going through it was that by the time that he told me that it was over, he had done all the work. He had disassociated. He had disconnected. Um, he didn't have, he didn't find someone else like yours did, but yours went even one step further. He was already comfortable in whatever relationship he was in to feel even more confident to, uh, to end things. So they make you feel like you have hope. They make you feel like you can fix it. Like you're saying, but they've already done the work while you're there cooking for them, doing their laundry, whatever to disassociate with you. So they, if they, if they were honest in the beginning, I'm feeling this way and you guys can have that conversation you know, but instead they're in their head, this sucks, this sucks, this is over, I don't want it, and totally, you know, disconnecting, by the time they tell you, you don't have the opportunity to fix it. You could have. You could have both worked at it. But, you know, he basically has, you know, cut the the emotional cord at that point. You don't have the opportunity. You And it takes two, unfortunately. It takes two to, to make it work. And if they've already checked out, you can be the most awesome wife possible and make all the changes that you need to do. And, uh, it won't matter. They're not gonna, they're done. They're done. So that's unfortunate. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, yeah. I th- I think it's very, um, obviously wrong on their part to do that because they're taking advantage of you, you know, laying next to you, knowing that they're like ending things and you have no clue, but they're okay. You know, taking that comfort from you until they're officially done. Yeah. And, you know, I, I always, you know, whenever we would fight, um, and I'm sure it has to do with just insecurities of mine, but I would always say, if you don't want to be in this anymore, like, let's like, you know, you don't have to, you know, because I was like on the defense and ready for that. Like, I'm going to walk away and no, I'm in this, like, I love you. You're my soulmate, blah, blah, blah. And like, turns out at least according to him, he's felt this way for years. And I'm like, we've been together only seven years. What do you mean? You know? And I don't buy it. I think it was an impulsive decision. Um, but, you know, having to admit that means having to admit that he cheated on his wife. How sad for him. Yeah, exactly. So he ha- he's not ready to look in his mirror to recognize what he has done. And, and exactly like you said, it's a gaslighting tactic. I've always been unhappy. I was just, what, too scared to say it? He, he said, uh, I wanted you to finish law school. That was his thing. I wanted you to finish law school. Okay, so you are coming to the acceptance that you're done fighting for it? Or do you feel like you're done fighting for him? Or how do you feel? I do. 
so um, a couple weeks ago, I want to say maybe like a month ago, actually, we had I had this like final like, okay, what do you want to do? Because it's been a year, and I don't know what is possessing me to say this, but I still think there we can try. You know, I don't want to live the rest of my life without you. You're my best friend, and like you're the love of my life. I meant what I said in those vows. You know, do you want to postpone this divorce some more and see if we can, you know, talk this, work this out? And, you know, I don't know what this looks like at all, but what do you want to do? And no, I don't want to. I want to divorce you. And I was like, okay, well, then stop being a coward and file. Right. So that's where we're at now, you know? And um, for me, what I needed in that moment was to know that I'd, I'd left it all on the table. I waited, you know, I, I spent 10 months, you know, patient while he was still with her, by the way, took her to Hawaii, took her on these trips, just like, and oh, like wow. got mad at me when I was like, Hey, you can't like spend community money like that. You know, like, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, but I waited and I worked on myself and I, I waited. And so I can go to bed without any regrets because like I tried you know, um, and that's, you know, and so I, I am in this acceptance, um, and I'm sad because, you know, like I said, I never, I never had doubts ever, not once, you know, and, uh, I thought we, I thought I had more time with him, you know, and that sucks. So, but I am in acceptance. I mean, I don't have a choice at this point. Right, right. Well, and I totally get where you're coming from, where you, you have to put it out there one more time. I was not too proud to beg, you know, stay with me. And I did, even though I was close to the, once I was getting to that stage also, I I gave him one more chance. I said, listen, you know, uh, what do you want to do? Do you want to try and get back together? Because you want to know at the end of the day, um, you did, you did everything you could. You gave every chance you could. And when it's time to walk away, say, I know. I know I did everything. It wasn't on me. It was his choice. And that's fine. But I know that I did everything I could. And some people were like, oh my gosh, why would you do that? No, no, no. Uh, I want to feel secure myself that, that going forward, of all the things you're going to think about, one of them is not, did I do enough? Because you're going right. to know that you did enough. You did all that you could. So right. that's an and important I mean, here's step. The thing. That's my husband. Like, damn right, I'm gonna fight for this. Damn right, I'm gonna give him another chance. Right. Damn right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know. And it's the thing is, is, and I encourage anybody who's in going through this to really invest in your self care and your healing because what it has allowed me to do is, I don't hate him, and yes, I'm angry at times, but I feel so sorry for him. And right. you know, because at the end of the day. I stayed and I wanted to work on it despite him showing up in his worst form. I stayed. Good luck finding somebody like that, you know, and even her, I, I have compassion for. Imagine how much you have to hate yourself to think the only man you can get is somebody else's. Right. Not once, right. not twice, but three times. Oh, honey. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know why she's on her third time. Maybe it's because it hasn't worked out with each, with each one of those. And that's a thing. If you're going to get with somebody who's willing to cheat, then hello. Um, they're going to be cheating on you eventually. So, Well, yeah, none of them left their wives. Nick's the only one. But he's also, like, eight years younger than her. So, <laughs> you know, um, she, she's, yeah. yeah, she learned how to pick them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a... Uh, 
it's it, it is not a relationship to envy in any way, shape, or form. Like you're saying, you know, where they might be happy in their own way, but it does not look like anything very healthy, and that's not what you want going forward. Of course, no, not so, at all. Right. So, well, that that's good, and. Um, you did mention also something about, you know, f- not having like closure or not ha- having unanswered questions. And um, what is it that you feel that you haven't gotten an answer to? Yeah, like there are so many kinder ways to leave somebody. Like, why didn't you have to do this? You know, if you wanted, if it's been years, if you've been thinking about this, waiting for this day, why didn't you approach me with papers in hand? Why did you have to like try and make me believe there was like this opportunity or any of this? Like, like there are so many kinder ways to do this. And I, I want to know why he, he didn't care enough to protect what we had, even if we don't have anything in the future, you know, and why he didn't see me as his best friend. Like he claims he still does and still wants me in his life. Why wasn't that enough to, to, to prevent you from, destroying our memories, everything, making me question every moment we ever had. Right. You know? Um, and that's, that's the thing with betrayal like that. It's, you know, it's not only you have to change how you see them, but you have to change how you see yourself, you know? And like, okay, wait, am I this naive? Like, how did I not see this? And I don't really think that it's that sort of, I think that you were invested in your relationship you gave your you were giving your husband your all and you expected that he was doing the same the difference was that he did not value you the way you were valuing valuing him and your relationship and definitely the fault is in him that if he really <clears throat> excuse me if he had that value for you but he wants to end things yes there is a more compassionate way to do that but um it definitely sounds like it's a flaw in his character. And I know it's hard for you to not internalize that because obviously you love him, but it's definitely not a you thing. You know, it's oh, something yeah. that they, that they have, that they need to work on. He definitely needs to work on that. Right. Right. At the very least, tell me, like, be honest now more than ever, just be honest. Like, what do you have to lose at this point? You know, except like maybe you get a little bit of integrity back. Right. You know, and you know, I, and I can't stress it enough. I am in no way, shape or form saying that I did not bring my share of problems to the table because I know that when I dig my heels in something or when I am hurt, I can be unbearable. And especially studying for the bar and going to law school and being separated from my husband. I know that I was unbearable and the insecurity of like, Oh my God, he's lied to me and we need to work on this, you know? That is, those are very real things. And I, I'll be the first to say that I know that I didn't show up the most gracefully. Um, but I, there was not a single day that I wasn't willing to work on that. And that's, I think is important. It is absolutely. And, you know, marriage isn't always going to be perfect. There are going to be ups and downs. There are going to be arguments. You're going to have bad days and they have to be there and be able to handle those bad days with you and speak to you and have communication and tell you, I'm not, uh, you know, uh, this is something that is not working for me. The, you know, how you're acting these days or, or the way we're communicating or the way we're getting, you gotta do that. That's part of the relationship. You can't just run and find something that's easier 
today because it's not going to be easier tomorrow. It's never, the grass is not always greener. They might be having a great time now, but when they have to uh, deal with actual relationship stuff, hey, pay the bills, you know, who's doing this, you got everyday things, suddenly all that fairy tale goes back right out the window. So there is that. Now, you guys are communicating. How often are you communicating? So that's the kind of weird part. We talk almost every single day, you know, and it's, and that's what's frustrating because it is so obvious that this shouldn't have happened because we are so close and we have so much, there's just so much of a connection there. You know, we, we, I had to take a few steps back because I realized that it was doing more damage to me, but we were mm-hmm. FaceTiming every day. We were talking on the phone, talking about our dog. We text every day, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and really it, the only thing that's obviously changed is that this, this third party is there and I, you know, we're not together, but like our connection is still there. And if that is not an indicator that this was, just like a huge, just like he just blew this up for no reason, you know? Right. And I don't know what is, um, because I'll tell you something. If I felt the way that he said he felt about me, there's no way I would be contacting him. You know, if he was that bad, if I, if he was abusive, if he was, you know, rageful, like he said that I had been during school, like I would have ran for the hills and never looked back. So do you feel that having such constant communication with him is holding you back from moving forward? Do you think it's stopping any sort of your progress, any sort of the, you know, rebuilding yourself? In a lot of ways. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, um, and I have this deal with myself that the second we file, I'll never speak to him again. You know, I did, I did, um, I worked at a divorce firm for a while when I was interning and I know how traumatic the process is. And, you know, I needed to be able to give myself a, okay, you're having trouble letting go of him because he was such a, a, an important part of your life. You need to like make a deal with yourself. The second those papers are filed, whether you file them or he files them, that's it. Move on. And it's not to say because like, I want to get back with him because I honestly, I don't think I do. I don't, I know that somebody like me who values things like integrity and honesty and, and, you know, having your character intact, like what would I be doing with somebody like that who could just lie to his wife? God, but there was so much more there than just a marriage. We were friends and we were partners and we were business partners and, you know, and so it's hard, but, um, so in a lot of ways I do feel like it's, it's held me back. Um, you know, but I, I've dated and I've, you know, I've been on dates and I've met a bunch of guys and I've, I've, I've seen that there are, there's so much more out there than somebody that's going to lie to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, a couple things that I would suggest is definitely you would have to cut that communication because it seems to me that he's getting what he wants from her, but he's getting what he wants from you. He is, he is not having to feel the loss and it's not about feel the loss so you can change your mind and come back because you know that ship has sailed but he needs to have his bed and line and and you know what I'm not even going to say it's about him because who cares what he does for the rest of his life it's about you talking to him continuing to communicate with him is giving more of yourself that he doesn't deserve anymore this is for you you need to give yourself back 
no, I'm not going to keep giving of myself, even if it's conversation and talking and whatever, to this person that did not value me. I'm going to value myself enough to keep people in my life that deserve to be there. And he has shown that he does not deserve to be there. And it's going to be hard and it sucks because I know that, you know, my, um, my ex-husband, we also kind of went through the same thing. We talked all the time. He was always talking to me. I was always talking to him. We had a son together, so it made it a little bit harder because we did have to talk about our son, but we talked a lot about just random stuff and what's going on and what are you doing and whatever. And, and I, I liked it because I, we always, again, pretty much in that situation got along very well. But also for me, it was a little bit of a, um, like a power and control thing. Like I'm like, well, I'm still talking to him. So we still have a connection and he wasn't with anybody else. And I don't know if for you, maybe you feel like, well, because I talk to him all the time, do you feel in any way that it's a little bit of a, a power trip for you to be able to continue to talk to him when he's with this other person? You think that has anything in any way? No. I mean, honestly, I, she's such a trash human being. Like, okay. I know that that's, I mean, I don't know how else to say that. Um, sure. You know, and while I do have compassion for her, because like I said, you have to really hate yourself. It's not about her. Right. You know, it's about, it's about me. And since I had that last conversation, that like final, what are we doing? You know, I've been able to scale back drastically the communication. Um, and feeling that for me was devastating because something would happen and I would, I wouldn't go and run to him and tell him because, you know, and so while I haven't completely cut the ties, the, the, how I've scaled it back, I felt it tremendously. And I know that it's going to, you know, the more that I pull back, um, you know, I'm going to feel it more. And I guess, you know, the way that I'm doing it slowly is might, you know, be prolong it for me. Um, but I don't know that I can just cut it off. You know, okay. I, uh, I don't know that I can, and it's, that it terrifies me, you know? Um, but no, I don't, it is, I don't feel, I mean, in fact, it's the opposite. When I, when I talked to him, I used to feel a little bit of relief. And as the, the months went on, um, the high quote unquote that I get from speaking to somebody I care about is, is outweighed drastically by that come down by that, that awful feeling I get when I get off the phone with him, like, God, like, okay, why is this happening? You know? And so I'm starting to listen to that more. And so the conversations are getting shorter. They're getting less but they're still there, you know, and you're absolutely right. I need to, I need to do it for me. I, I totally get it's a process. I mean, you know, my, my podcast is about my journal entries of, you know, when I was going through it and I'm, I'm, I think I'm like on month nine or 10 of our separation and I'm still sitting there saying, I got to stop talking to him. I'm talking to him too much this week. You know, I'm going to ignore him and only text him if it has to do with our son. So it is a process, absolutely, and I know it is extremely hard because that's what you've been used to for for these years. It wasn't your choice. You, if it was up to you, you guys would still be together. So it's 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 hard to to cut that off. So I I totally get it, but you know you're noticing it, you're seeing it, and I really think that that in the combination of you, you know, like when you we were talking about where you're kind of also feeling like you're in chapter three of the better, stronger, loved you chapter, where you start yeah. building up your self-worth more, not to say that you didn't have it, but you, I'm sure getting separated takes a hit on your, you know, ego, your self-esteem and all those things. Right. So oh, it killed me. It killed me. Yeah. I mean, being, being a sober woman in recovery, I am constantly trying to better myself, trying to get to the next level of, of self-actualization to be my most authentic self. And 
I will say without a shadow of a doubt, I've grown more in this last year than I have the other nine years of my sobriety. And wow. it is because I was forced to, you know, I, and I, I mean, getting sober, I had the same feeling. And then I had it again when he, when I realized my marriage was over where it was like, I don't know if I can survive this pain. And that's enough to light a fire under me. And so that's why I feel like a lot of the times I'm in this thir that third chapter, because I'm getting to realize like I never in a million years, if you would ask me last year, or two years ago, if I could forgive something like this, if I could have compassion for somebody like that, I would have been like, you're out of your mind. Don't come near me. But here I am like feeling sorry for somebody who couldn't even give us a shit about me, you know? And like that to me is growth. And you know, another thing that I realized and what I was scared of was becoming bitter and thinking that, oh, all men are the same. And let, right. But like, no, you know, what I've learned. And again, I feel like this plays into the third chapter is like, I loved being a wife. I loved it. It was fun. It was so fun. I loved being married. I loved having the ride or die partner. I loved all of the things that come with that. It was so cool. And unfortunately, I thought it was him, but it's not. But it doesn't mean that my partner's not out there and that I can't still be a wife to somebody else who wants me to be their wife. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's great. It's great that you're not bitter. And it is true because, you know, what you will do when you're building yourself up is you'll just be a little more discerning. You'll be able to see the red flags in the situations a little more. And you will be able to know that there's someone there when you're with somebody, you're going to notice if they're putting the value on you or not, or if they're just doing the things that you do in the beginning to catch a girl and stuff like that, you're going to recognize that. And you're not going to allow anybody to come into your, your circle, your peace, if they're not going to be the partner that you want and that you need and that you deserve and that you're going to also be that partner for them. So that is definitely a, a helpful part of, of that whole growth situation. Absolutely. And, you know, I got some advice and it was like the most incredible thing I'd ever heard. You know, it was like, understand the importance of writing down the traits that you want in a partner and become those things. And I was like, damn, like, I know that I want a partner that is authentic and committed to growth and honest and has integrity and wants to do the right thing and isn't afraid to admit their mistakes. And I need to make sure that I'm that person. You know, none of this more rigid thinking, this black and white, like this unbearable anger around people when something happens. Like those are not qualities I want about myself anymore, you know? Um, and it's allowed me to realize like, oh my God, like I can be this, like, I can, I don't have to let this make me unfunctional anymore, you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I just, I don't know. I, and that's why I was saying, you know, I kind of, I feel like I'm kind of in that third chapter sometimes and some days I feel like I'm back at one, you know, but right. I'm, I'm the person that I am as a result of this tragedy because it is a tragedy, you know, is, absolutely. It's like a death. Absolutely. Yeah. She's pretty rad. And like, that's cool to have gotten at least that out of this. Well, I think, um, that you learn, You've been through some stuff, so you know how strong you are. But going through a divorce and surviving, when you're on the other side of it, you're like, holy crap, I'm tough. You know, I, uh, it's amazing because it is a lot and it is super painful. And it, it, it's painful in ways that you don't, you know, you have never experienced before. So that is definitely true. Now, one thing that you said about, you know, not being rigid, not being these things. 
some of this is what he said, and obviously not, we're not all perfect, but I want you to analyze and see if you're changing too much because not changing too much, but some of the things that you're changing aren't changing the person that you in the core are. You're just bettering yourself. You're not like changing because he mentioned, oh, you're this, you're that, you know, because sometimes you do need to, in a relationship, if, you know, if you know something is right, you need to be able to stand up for it and not be like, it's okay, it's okay, just to keep the peace and then the house crumbles. Sometimes you have to be that force and that's okay. No, 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 you're absolutely right. And no, yeah, let me clarify that. I would never change who I am for another human being. But when I say change those, you know, yeah, he has made comments about those things. Um, and to a certain extent, he's right. You know, I would dig my heels in something and refuse to hear anything else. But what does that do for me? It puts me right. in a smaller box. And if I'm expecting my partner to be committed to growth, I better be committed to growth. Um, and not so much changing my values and my morals, but being willing to hear somebody else's input. And I just wasn't for a very long time. Okay. That makes perfect sense. Absolutely. I get that. So now let's talk about the filing for divorce thing, because my <laughs> husband, um, at, you know, he wanted to, he wanted to break. Then we ended up separating. We did not divorce officially with papers for two years. And I ended up doing it because they are very quick and it seems to be very common that they're the ones who want to end the relationship, but they don't do the follow through. So it might have to be you. And I remember my therapist telling me, because I was like, tell me when you file, you know, go ahead and file. If you, if you know, like that conversation that he's like, I think it's, it's over. I'm like, okay, it's over, you know, go ahead and file. And I think actually that was a recent podcast episode, which means that was like 10 months in and it still didn't happen. So, um, my, you know, my therapist was like, if you, you're going to have to take control of this, if it's over and you believe that it's over, you're going to have to do it. And honestly, I feel good that it was me. I feel good that in the paperwork, it says that I'm the plaintiff instead of the respondent. And it might be a silly little thing, but it's another more powerful thing for me to be like, I'm the one that made this, you know, that, that took that step at the, at the end. So it might be something that you consider. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have. And here's the thing, because I am, I have legal experience because I have the knowledge of the law and because I worked in divorce law, I could get that done in about two days. But here's the thing, like, and like you're saying, you know, it felt powerful for you to, to do it yourself. I don't want to clean up his mess, you know? And also, here's the thing. I was willing to be very amicable, very just like, let's just, you know, you've got these businesses, you've got your business interests. Yes, I'm entitled to have blah, blah, blah. But if I file, woo, buddy, it is not going to be fun for you. So file the paperwork if you want an easy divorce. Because let me tell you, if I file, I'll file. I don't have a problem doing it, but you're going to hate me, you know? And like, yes, that's petty. And yes, that's childish. But like, I, I didn't want this and I'm tired of paying for somebody else's choices. And I, and I totally get that. And I don't know that it would be petty because you're not going to ask for more than what is fair for you. I mean, um, there's only, you could ask for everything, of course, but you know, like you say, you know, the law, it's not like you're going to get it all. So you would get, you were, you would be asking for what is fair and consider would he would, if he files everything, is he going to try and, you know, make things more comfortable his way and try to, um, I don't know, 
it, would he be fair? Would he be like 50-50 if you guys had to uh, do things? Would he be fair? Do you think he would be fair if he did it? I do, because that is all that matters to him. Even now, he gives me money every month, no court order, just because. Because to him, that makes up for the emotional damage that he's done. And I, it doesn't, because right. I would rather live in a box and have my husband then deal with this. You know what I mean? I don't need the money, but to him, that is what matters. So he would, he would give me whatever he thought I wanted, what I needed. He would take care of me for the rest of my life so that he could say, look at what a good guy I am. Okay. So I, I have no, I have no, and maybe that's naive of me to think like, Oh, he won't screw me over financially, but he's shown in this past year that it is important to him for him to know, for me to know, for everybody else involved to know that he's taking care of me because like, you know, that's what, you know, I, I said, I would do it. I would do it. You also said, you know, that you'd work this out with me, that you would be, a, you know, so whatever. <laughs> exactly. And this is my concern in that situation. I don't want for you to be blindsided again. Like I don't want him to be working this process of detaching from you more while he's talking to you daily and, you know, bouncing whatever off of you and, and getting that um, emotion, being of an, um, <laughs> a conversation vampire, you know, getting what he needs from you while he's in his mind fixing the next step. And then next thing you know, you think we talk all the time. Look at this. You know, we're amicable. He's, you know, and then, you know, the hammer drops again on you because were you, unbeknownst to you, he's working on another angle, you know? Yeah, here, here's the thing with that, you know, I'll spend the rest of my life in a courtroom. I plan on doing that anyway. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, try right. and hide some money, try and move some stuff around. Let's go. You know what right. I mean? Um, right. And he also knows that, you know, that like he, there's, it would be of significant detriment to his position to try and screw me over in the courtroom. Okay. That's my arena. That's my arena, you know? Um, and so is it a possibility? Absolutely. And if that happens, like, let's go. Like, I hope you got some deep pockets, buddy. Cause like, I don't need to pay for my legal representation. Right. Exactly. I'll do it myself. Like, you know? Um, and so it just, I don't know. It's this, it's, I think about it and, and, but I also think that's maybe why he hasn't filed. Maybe he's scared. I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot of angles that I think about. And I talk to my therapist about it. I talk to people who are going through it. Um, I do know that I want the divorce to happen now. And I'm getting more to the point where it's like, I'm just probably going to have to do this and like, accept that it's not going to be pretty, you know, but like, it is what it is because I want the divorce to happen now because it right. means something to me that we're still married. Of course. And it may just be a piece of paper to him, but like my, I don't even have my, my maiden name anymore. Like that. I need, I want my name back. Right. That, that is a part of closure, honestly. And, it, and I feel like until you get to those pots, there's things that you're not going to be able to heal from and work on until you get to that, until you get to that area. And, you know, if he's in a position now where he just wants to make you happy and, and come out like the good guy, then maybe if you file the stuff and say, well, I want X, Y, and Z, he's going to be like, look how good I am. I gave her everything that she wanted. He could still continue the narrative, but you can be divorced because, yeah. you know, it, you're going to fight me. I thought you were the good guy. The good guy's not going to fight me. Everything that I'm asking for is fair. Are you the good guy? And then he's going to be like, well, crap. Um, yeah. 
yeah, I'm the good guy. Okay, then sign the stuff. Here it is. And, you know, and be done with it. So, you know, there's a way to spin it. But also, I do know it is a process. It's definitely a process. Yeah, and I'm definitely getting there where I'm just like, you know, I I don't want... I mean, because not only did he have an affair, but he had an affair with somebody with a seriously awful reputation for doing this. So it's embarrassing for me because we work in the same industry. And it's like, I don't want to be associated with that. And I remember, you know, I met some people um, and they were like, oh, aren't you so-and-so's wife? And I was like, no, that's not me. (laughs) You know, I just like said, no, it just came out, you know? Um, And even, I mean, I just think about the growth from that because, I loved him so publicly. I was so proud of our relationship. I was so proud of what we were doing. And like now I'm like, oh no, you must be thinking of someone else. I, I don't know him, <laughs> you know? And yeah. I want my name back. Like I work hard. I went to school. Like I want my name back. And uh, absolutely, you know, maybe uh, come find me in a couple of weeks and I'll be, I'll be like, I'm filing tomorrow, you know, because I'm just, it's a process <laughs> and I'm getting there. And I've met some incredible women on this journey who have, just, you know, like, who have offered me their perspective and have supported me and in a way that I had no idea I needed. So, you know, uh, it's going to be interesting to see where I am in a month or how I feel about this in a month. Absolutely. Well, it definitely sounds like you're working through the chapters you are, you know, and, and, you know, I had mentioned this also, you know, in, in the podcast that it is, you know, you can be in two or three at the same time because, you know, it's, it's a journey. And like you said, some days you're three steps forward, some days you're three steps back. It's, that's just kind of how it is. But the ultimate goal and doing the work, you're going to get to exactly, you know, the spot where you're going to be, where you're going to hold your head up high. And if they say, weren't you married to that guy? You're like, and what? Yes, I was. And what? I'm not anymore. This is who I am. He's my past. You're not going to feel anything about who he and and it's sad it is sad trust me because um my ex and I were like best friends even though he broke up with me so I don't know how best friends can you be with somebody but um and we talked and whatever but there came a point where we did not communicate anymore we didn't talk and it's like wow it's strange that it's been two years that I have not even spoken to this person that I thought I was going to live the rest of my life with that I have a son with you know and and you're like but what does it feel like like nothing I think about that a lot. Oh God, I want that. It feels, yeah, it feels like nothing. It feels like, oh yeah, he has a dad and his dad is out there. I mean, you know, 15 minutes from me, never see him, never run into him, never talk to him. And we're like, okay, that will be a place that you'll get to. And you'll, and you'll remember, remember when I had, like, I talked to him every day and I felt like we're, we'll talk forever. And he's my, you know, my, my best friend and we have a connection. No, now this person is just somebody I knew and you'll be okay with that. And you're, you're going to be absolutely okay with that. It's what, you know, that's the goal. I cannot wait for that day. You know, I can't wait for that because, you know, I, I can't wait for the day where I hear his name and I don't cringe, you know, and that is, I mean, that's the end game for me is to be so, not to hate him, not to be in love, but just indi- indifference. Exactly. 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 I don't think you need to hate them. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, hate is not the goal either, because again, hate is giving them power, exactly. you know, and giving them attention and giving them of your energy. The goal is you live your life. I live mine. Whatever's happening with you, good or bad, it doesn't affect me because I know that you did mention, you know, that he looks like he's moving forward, right? Yeah. Um, that he, you know, and that you, that he didn't even skip a beat and that you, your life has absolutely changed. Yeah, Absolutely. 
Right. And, you know, that's how they, unfortunately, you know, they're ready when they, like I had said, they're ready for the next thing. So it's not like they need that holding pattern because they did that whole holding pattern with you. You just didn't see it. And so they didn't have to expect, you're not going to see it. They're ready to jump into the next thing. So it's almost not that they didn't do their process. They just did their process around you without you noticing. So coward. Oh God. (laughs) Yes. And that's, you know, that really is when you think about that, you're like, well, why am I crying for you? Why am I fighting for you? Why do I even care about you? Because you are, like you said, a coward. What kind of, I don't want a person like that in my life. I don't need a person like that in my life, you know? So, you know, and that's the thing after, at the end of the day, he lost somebody that stuck around and, you know, and wanted to overlook his flaws and work through them with him. And what did I lose? A liar and a cheater. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so it feels like a loss right now for me because I had to move out. I had to start over. But at the end of the day, like, did I really lose? I don't think so. You know? And I agree. And I think that is actually one of the prompts in um, in the the thing is, you know, what is it about him that you miss? The, what you expected, what you hoped your future would be, what you hoped he would be? Because in reality, you'd, you're not missing a cheater. You're not missing someone that was willing to walk away from you. That's not what you're missing. You're missing what you put into him, what you thought he was, what he sometimes represented he would be, but not who he is. Because who he is, if that person came up to you and was like, hey, let's date, let's hang out. Uh, I, I have a wife over there, but ignore her. Or you'd be like, get the hell out of here. Right. And you know, that's what I, when I was saying that, you know, like I, I was like dating and stuff like that. I would have these interactions with these guys where I thought they were so unique to my, to my relationship with my ex, you know? And it made me realize, you know, like we would have, we would share like a joke and I would laugh like that deep laugh that I thought only he could make me laugh. And I would realize he is not as special as I thought, you know, he was special because of me because of how much I loved him. That's why this joke is just as funny as it was with this new guy as it was with him, <laughs> because it's not about him or this new guy or anybody else. It's about what I can bring to the world. What I, you know, and, and that is, that has taken a lot of the romanticizing this failed relationship, you know, because if I take all of that away, I, you know, that it, it was, it wasn't really him. It was like how much I loved him. Right. And and, I mean, that's an amazing way to see it. What you loved about him is what you brought to him, what you brought out of him, what you, what you made him, what you envisioned of him. Yeah. I mean, that's deep, honestly. And then that's, that's not him. That is what you can bring to someone more worthy, someone who is worthy of you and being with you. Yeah. And I'm grateful that I waited months and months and months before I was ready to, you know, to, to start even entertaining the idea of dating. You know, because I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have understand those, uh, understood those moments, you know, um, and even just something silly, like cuddling on the couch with my dog and, you know, my, my, you know, my partner getting frustrated because he can't breathe because we're smothering him. You know, Nick used to do that. And I thought it was the cutest thing. And I remember, and I remember sitting there thinking like, oh my God, like it wasn't, it wasn't ever those like things, those little quirky things he would do. It was my presence that made this moment anything. It's you. It's all you. Yeah. 
and you're still there. You are you. You're not going to, you're not going anywhere. That means that in the next relationship, when you're more healed, when you are, you know, ready in that phase of your life, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Way down there. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. It's, I mean, I, I highly, definitely, that's one of the things that I, that I recommend is absolutely. I mean, I made the mistake. I dated early because I was needy. I had terrible self-esteem. But what I learned from those early relationships was, oh no, I am not ready. All I'm ready is to bring another unhealthy person into my life because it's just like anybody is giving me attention, is saying you're cute, is saying whatever. And I just needed anything. Yeah. And I don't want anything. I want the right thing. And so that's where you work on yourself. You build yourself up and you get to that spot. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I'm having, I'm having fun and dating, but nothing like I know for, I know with every fiber of my being, even, you know, the more healed I get, I can see I am not, I don't have the emotional capacity to fully give myself to somebody like that right now. I just can't, I can't, you know, I'm constantly, you know, who, cause the song will come on and at the, you know, at the drop of a dime, I'm crying or I'm back in that moment. And it's like, that sucks. I don't want to do that to somebody else. No, no, no. Yeah. You're still healing because you, you want to give that new person the best of you also. And you want to give them a, you want to give that relationship a chance. It could be the perfect relationship at the wrong time. If you haven't done, right. you know, all the work that you need to. So absolutely. That's, that, that is uh, a very important chapter to get through yeah. before you get into the, the dating and stuff like that. So, yeah. well, you know, it sounds to me like you are definitely on the right path. It is not easy, but you are way closer than you were 10 months ago, for sure, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and getting to some very important uh, parts of the journey, for sure. So um, I really appreciate that you are willing to share this with me. Absolutely. Is there anything that maybe I didn't touch on or any questions that you might, you know, have about anything, anything I can give you advice on since I've on the other side of it all? <laughs> um, honestly, hearing that about your indifference when like he's 15 minutes from you is I can't even explain to you how much that that like put me at ease because I'm afraid of I'll never get to that day, you know, where I just... Right he can just exist in the same world as me and it not be this like sad story, you know? And that's like what I, you know, I want to be able to just be my, you know, there was a me before him and I know there's going to be a me after him. Absolutely. And I, I'm eager to get there. Um, you know, and it, sh- it was good to hear that. I needed to hear that. Cause I, you know, it's, it's a big fear. Another big fear of mine is I'm 31 years old. Like I'm afraid that I'm going to miss the boat to have children because like, now I'm getting divorced and I don't have kids and we shouldn't have waited, but we should have waited because this would have happened either way. Trust me, you, you <laughs> it is good that you do not have a child. And I will tell you something else. I divorced at 20, um, we separated at 30. I was 30. He was 30. And um, like I mentioned, when we talked, the, the moment that he told me about separation was when I were, we were talking about children because I wanted another child and mostly what I wanted, not that I could control that, but I wanted a daughter. I had always dreamed about a daughter. I wanted my daughter. And when we broke up, I was devastated that yeah. I was never going to have this daughter. And, you know, I saw him like on, on the dating apps once. And he was like, yes, once more children. And let me tell you how that made me just, I mean, I cried, I raged. I'm like, you asshole, but we, it was horrible. And I just thought, you know, I came to a point, I had peace that it wasn't meant to be. I was heartbroken by that fact. And five years after my divorce, I've met someone and now I have my daughter 
And I am so blessed. I am so happy. And let me tell you, you know, I cried about it. I was just, it was like the answer. It was like, you know what? Your time is coming. It's not with him. Your time is coming. And I have my daughter. And it was, I mean, I I, can't, I still get emotional about it because it's like, I thought it was, I had to give up that dream. And I didn't. It was just, the timing was not there. The timing had to be right. And it happened. So So you still have plenty of time. It's going to happen for you. Don't worry about that. That's so good to hear. That's I thank you for that. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. There's hope. There is a whole nother life, you know, and, and something that I also always say is my husband, he did me a favor. I would have never thought that in the beginning, but the best thing that he ever did for me in our relationship was to end it because I wouldn't have done it. And, and in my situation, I knew we weren't, you know, really compatible. I wasn't happy. I, you know, was not happy in the relationship, but I married in the church. I was not going to, you know, I I was going to stick with my vows and whatever. He did me the favor because I would have never done it. And I am grateful that he did because it allowed me to have the life that I have now. And it is, you know, leaps and bounds better than what I was, than how it was with him. So I can see that. I mean, I think I'm kind of there only because like, I, I wouldn't have done it either because I, I, you know, I was very hesitant in the beginning of our relationship to even date him. And we were engaged for a year and a half before we even got married because I wanted to take it slow because I wanted to be sure. And so I was very sure. And I knew that I wanted to be with this man for the rest of my life. And I would have, I never would have left. I would have made it work. And I'm grateful that he did this before we had kids and before I was any older, because I don't, deserve to have to settle for the love that he was willing to give when I was willing to give so much more. Absolutely. Well, I think you're going to get it. It's out there. No rush because there's a lot of great things to do on your own up until that point. But I do absolutely believe that the the right person at the right time is going to be there. And trust me, you are still very young. I know people say that, but you are still very young. <laughs> so <laughs> it doesn't feel like it. I know it doesn't feel like it, but, but um, you are. You definitely got plenty of time. So yeah, thank you. I appreciate it, and thank you for having yes. me. This was very, very healing. Yes, I, I, I'm glad. I hope that it helped, and uh, I appreciate you sharing what you, you know, your story, and you know how you found uh, the guide. And hopefully, we will continue to keep in touch and update each other, and you know, let me know how you're doing. That would be absolutely awesome. Absolutely, I would love that. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Well, thanks again for listening, and a special thank you to Soraya for sharing with us. If you'd like to share your own chapter checkup, please reach out to me on Instagram at heavy underscore pages underscore podcast. And don't forget to download your free copy of the chapter checklist. Well, that's going to be it for this episode. If you'd like to reach out to me, you can always find me on Instagram at heavy underscore pages underscore podcast. And if you found this episode interesting, please consider clicking on that five star rating and following so you are notified when the next episode drops. As always, thank you for listening. And remember, sometimes the pages of life can be heavy, but you don't have to turn them alone.